Welcome to another episode of our podcast called Sparkcast. Oh God, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. All right. <laughs> <laughs> introduce, introduce yourselves quick. Just, oh my God. <laughs> Do that over. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another exciting episode of Sparkcast. Sparkcast. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm your Co-host Sean, along with Sammy Bort and Thomas Bort, and a sp- <laughs> oh my God, Thomas, you actually added something to your name. No, nah, I think that was a connection dropping or something. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Uh huh. <laughs> and joining us today we have Andy Bort. <laughs> uh, and uh, today we'll be looking at episodes four, five, and six of the Mighty Orbots. Before we begin, Andy, give us a random Mighty Orbots fact. Yuji Ono did the music, and he did music for Loop on the Third. That's so, why the music is so stellar. I wanted to say that the last one, and I, I mentioned the music, and I was like, we should have said Yuji Ono. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you did. I did it. I, All this time, he finally has the sweet release. Oh, it's been, it's been so long. <laughs> Months. Earth, the 23rd century. A time of robots and aliens. And of destruction and terror. Can the Galactic Patrol, defender of the United Planets, stop the evil computer, Umbra? You bet they can. Meet Rob Simmons, the secret inventor of Feisty Ono, Mighty Tor, Versatile Bort, Elusive Boo, Bold, the master of the elements, and Crunch, the metal muncher. Super robots forging together at Rob's command to form Mighty Orbots, champion of the universe. Episode four. What did uh, everyone think of this episode? Uh, I like to call this the zombie Ewoks episode. Dollar store Ewoks. (laughs) Yeah. I was also thinking of the pawpaw bears. I just went straight for Smurfs. Smurfs slash Care Bears. Also true. I also wrote down Smurfs. Oh my god. I just put like anime bargain bin Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're kind of all trash is really what we're saying here. Except Smurfs is great, but <laughs> I wanted to find them really cute, but they, they're just kind of annoying. Is it because they all of their have voice? like a really low pitched weird voice? Yeah, they gotta do that. Hello guys! Come save us. And there's one guy named Grand Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the wizard? He's like the wizard one that just kept throwing powder at everyone. (laughs) Uh, See, it's got magic. So this is like the Ewoks movies. Except not good. It's like Care Bears. (laughs) So I have a quick question. Uh, I don't remember this episode. What did Dia do this episode? Did she do anything? I don't. Was she even in it? I don't think she was in this one. Yeah, I recognized stuff for five and six, but then I was like, wait, I didn't write anything for four. I think she was just absent. Yeah, she wasn't in that one. 
Okay. Then, yeah, I, I don't have anything in my notes for Dia. I don't know if we covered this before, but one thing that was interesting is, you know, they all merged together, and they're still all talking together, even though they're combined. They also still retain all their individual personalities and are able to, like, link and, like, fight with each of their limbs. And it's just, like, weird because I'm, I'm like, you know, in Transformers, the people combine and they have to have one mine or it's not a really good mine. So they just kind of rampage. Well, that's because the Transformers are trash and these are Orbots. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Orbots are more advanced. They figured out the technology to just get them to work separately, but also together. Do we ever find out the the year that Orbots takes place in? Stellar year, nineteen eighty four, two thousand. It's the twenty third century. Yes. Okay, so uh, at least two hundred years beyond Transformers, because Transformers takes place like in our time, in the actual nineteen eighty four. Well, how long did the the Transformers had millions of years of a head start? Like, how long have the Orbots <laughs> and their technology been around? I don't know, sometime before the episode began. <laughs> uh, so the uh, narrator, I com- completely forgot about the narrator. You mean the best part? Because he's like, Owen. hey, that's a whatever machine, just in case you don't know. Then he's like, oh, no, they did something. Oh, look, he escaped. And I'm like, oh, that's right. This guy narrates everything like the, the Japanese Transformers narrator does. Look, he's, he's the speed wagon of Mighty Orbots, and I appreciate him. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I love, I, I think you hated the narrator, if I remember correctly, right? Maybe it was just annoying the first three episodes, yeah. but this time I was like, I thought it was funny how he actually interacted. I, I don't think it's this episode, it's the next one where he's like, oh no, the Orbots will yeah. never get out of, oh, wait, they did. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and he kind of went back into his, like, not Gary Owen voice, he goes, oh, I guess I was wrong, and, uh, <laughs> which, which I really appreciated. So I forgot the names of the, the the robots. I actually thought the two girls were called D and Do, but they're Why? actually called like Boo and Bo. <laughs> D and Do, wow. <laughs> and it, I always forget them, but I think I think Bo is the yellow one, and Boo is the orange one, right? I always they're get them interchangeable. It's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, the colors don't seem that great for me to really recognize it. I can tell the way I tell them apart is from their head shape. <laughs> mm. Yeah, one looks like the girl from Metropolis, another one is just like cute girl robot. Mm-hmm. But they both have the same face, regardless. They're both freaking adorable. <laughs> this was weird. So there's what I didn't know if it was a hypno spell or a sleep spell. Later, you find out it is hypnotism, and I'm just like, how is hypnotism? Working on robots. Plot device. Don't question it. It's it's advanced hypnotism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically for Orbots. I laughed when the Orbots were fighting the wizard dude and just like punches his arms in the ground. And they're like, <laughs> whoa, it's a cave-in. And I'm like, what do you think would have happened? <laughs> so you made the cave-in. <laughs> like... Maybe you should have thought about that before just punching the ground and missing completely. This, I mean, this is kind of one of my least favorite episodes of the show, but the animation in this episode, I think, is a little bit above the other ones. There's a couple scenes in the beginning, like around four minutes in, where it's just like Rob using some type of scanner. And it's like really beautifully done animation of like this this machine and all these separate parts of it. 
And it's like, this should be one of those synthwave videos on YouTube where it just plays the same uh, gif over. It's just really beautifully done. And then it's just a scene of him just lying back in the chair. And it's just like, this is this should just be a synthwave, <laughs> a synthwave video because it's just so nicely done. Agreed. Are you talking about like the lo-fi stuff? The, yeah, the lo-fi. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Well, watching these episodes, uh, these next three episodes, I just kind of just felt, wow, this stuff is really ambitious. Like, you you can still kind of tell that it's, like, from the 80s and it's, like, lower frame rate and it's some of the scenes and animation, it's much slower. But they do so much with it. There's so much detail. And you can tell that they're really trying to just make something, like, super exciting just from... That's one thing, watching these few episodes, I'm just like, wow, I really like the, the, the diversity there is. Because in these three episodes, they went to an asteroid prison there was a cruise ship the forest moon uh, in the previous episodes there was the a rock concert it just oh yeah there's so many different environments it, it's, it feels like that you know we're gonna do this this episode and we're not gonna rehash it that's actually a really good point too like mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work to keep creating more scenery <laughs> more scenery and the villains are always different it's always some somebody different instead of like yeah. rehashing some of the same characters and stuff yeah, and like the last in episode six, the space pirate dude, or I'm sorry, the the star pirate. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Shrike. He, did 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 he is was was he working for Shadow? No, or... he wasn't. Okay, cool. Because like, I'm like, I think that's the first one that. Yeah, he wasn't working for that, but we're we're jumping a little ahead. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I was I was looking into the the credits, and there's um in the mechanical design. Like, there's two names. It's like one's uh, Katsumi uh, Hirobu. I think I spelled it wrong. And and so another person, but they both like worked on like Harlock and every space anime you could ever think of with these beautiful uh, illustrative like uh, spaceships and space cities and stuff like that. And if you Google their names, it's like the first things that come up. And like all the backgrounds of the show which are just, how long did it take to do this? <laughs> it's just, they're just so pretty. I'm glad to know that they actually did work on Harlock because while I was watching, sorry, episode six, um, it, it like it immediately reminded me of Harlock, and I'm like, huh, interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, one episode they talk about it was an antimatter engine, and then there's a, the Harlock movie with the black matter engine, so it's like all very much space science. Like, <laughs> nice. When I was watching this sixth episode, I was like, man, the animation is really detailed and high quality here, and always so much stuff on the screen. Whether it be multiple colors or multiple aliens in the background, like in all these episodes, mm -hmm. like everything at the both space stations for five and six, and then the fourth one, like all the the, the not Ewoks <laughs> that are just everywhere <laughs> infesting the episode. The Dreadlocks. I was hoping that they were going to be shaped more like Grimlock instead of whatever they're shaped as now. <laughs> so I had a <laughs> question. Bring that right back to Transformers. <laughs> I had a question about uh, this, this episode four. So they have the most powerful mineral on this planet, Energite. Uh, Energite. <laughs> and uh, no one has conquered these Ewoks this whole time. Like, nobody has come just to rob them of their land and get this mineral. You think tons of people would have come and enslaved these guys already and tried to take all their minerals. They're just, you know, just fighting with sticks and occasional magic. So, I mean... If you're a planet that's just like 
off in the abyss who cares or who knows that they're there out of the whole like when you're when you're traveling with like light speed there's a bajillion planets out there and then the planet itself is probably pretty big too so yeah yeah well so big it's not big enough that they can't immediately find when they land the exact tribe that's been (laughs) (laughs) taken over and the bad guys like a whole planet and they happen to luckily land where all the stuff is happening but, it's ideal. You know, it's a it's an ideal vacation spot. That's the name of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the names of everything. Like in one episode, it's called Sandia. I'm like, I laughed so hard at Sandia. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I have to remember. You have to remember. It's like, oh, it's a kids' cartoon. But it's just like, mm-hmm. and it's like, I appreciate that lack of effort. Look, all, they, giving- they were up all night thinking. <laughs> <laughs> They're given 120% effort on everything else. We can give them a little bit of leeway on names. Yeah. <laughs> so so what did you guys think of? Was it in the middle of the episode when they land? He's like, hey, guys, I got two tickets. Do you two want to go with me? And then the girl is totally not interested. But then as soon as her sister shows an interest, she's like, oh, now I'm interested. Just because I'm jealous you're getting attention. That entire <laughs> argument was ridiculous. Tor is such a jock. I was like, wow, you're yes. being such a jerk to your sister. Like, you already said no. But I did like how they resolved it at the end. They're just like, oh, I saved your life. Oh, you saved mine. They just kind of stare at each other. And it's like, that works for a cartoon. We're like, oh, we fought. And now we're back to normal, you know, friends, family dynamic. Yeah. Time to use our friendship to throw Tor into a tree, which he totally did not deserve. No, he's just trying to flirt. And he got thrown into a tree because these girls yeah. had an argument. <laughs> Like, that's a little much guys <laughs> what was also weird is like there's this really weird it almost sounds like jazz music when they're searching through the mines after that conversation and i'm just like this seems a little out of place this music but eventually it comes back in two or three minutes as a jazz remix of the theme song but it's very low like you have to be listening to it to realize it's actually the theme song in a uh, is 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 that the when they're running out or when they're it's when they're just walking through the uh, the caves. Nothing's happened yet, I think. Yeah. No, that's like kind of like the chill, like, hey, it's the Orbot. I, I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and I was just like waiting for them to make all kinds of bad puns when he's frozen. I, I thought he'd be like, hey, Bo, you already gave me the cold shoulder. <laughs> they lost their chance to use that one. Sorry, right. they used cold shoulder in the next episode. Yes, I know. I was like, I just wrote this down, and then they used it again. <laughs> well, what I love about the show is that there's an entire scene when they're fighting. It's like fighting puns. When it's like, we gave him the cold shoulder. It's like anything they can make a pun out of, they do. But it's only really when they're fighting other bad guys. And they mm-hmm. do that. They did it in the first episode, and then like I think this one where. They're just like saying it's like, well, call between a rock and a hard place. You know what I mean? Like those type of things. I did appreciate towards the end of the episode when uh, Orbot saves the day and the narrator just says, whatever, 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 whatever. What a guy. (laughs) guy. And it just just led me to a tangent that I really appreciated. Red Dwarf and Ace Rimmer. I just watched a bunch of the Ace Rimmer, best of Ace Rimmer stuff on YouTube yes uh, it, it, it uh, yeah Ace, it's related because just he in in the ace rimmer stuff all the villains and all the people he saved every time they have an interaction with them and he walks away they say what a guy <laughs> what is this did you say red dwarf yes red dwarf with okay with yeah Kat he, in um the bbb the bbc show 
Yeah, the one from the nineties. Was it was older yeah. than the nineties or eighties? I don't like know. 80s. Yeah, late eighties, early nineties. Okay. Yeah. I was just making sure. I was like that little, that humanoid robot guy. Well, no, Ace Rimmer is like the alter ego. He's the of... Hologram. Yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't get that far in this show. It's like the first episode. <laughs> I don't remember what I watched. This is whatever was on, you know, the local television at my college. I would watch watch that for a while. That's fair. I, I like I love Red Dwarf, and I've been itching to watch it again. <laughs> Isn't it like something really crazy, like ten plus seasons? Yes. Yeah, and then they had a recent season, like two or three years ago yeah mm. when when they're a lot older <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but again like i said Anyways. it was just a tangent that <laughs> like i i was it was like the last two minutes of the episode and i stopped watching just to watch some red dwarf stuff but... <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough R- red dwarf is great so Sorry, a red dwarf not to go off on a on a tangent here i did find it weird that so it's three guy robots and two girl robots, but when they combine into the the main Orbot thing called Tor, right? No, the big guy is just called Mighty Orbots. Okay, yeah. so they collectively the narrator always calls it as a he, and I was just like, huh. I mean, it is like a a, a mix of male and female robots, but they call it a he. I just thought that was interesting. I mean, he is also technically a they term mm-hmm. like it can be a plural depending on the context it was a different time yeah i was gonna say the 80s they were bad this wasn't even a thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i was just reading a how to write book and it was very insightful about he's and they's and she's it all really just depends on the time frame this is my last note so they're counting down they're like oh god the satellite's gonna blow up and oh, they god. count down from 10 and then right when one starts, they're still outside, like far away from the satellite. And like it would have counted down to zero as they were starting punching through it. And it would have blown up before they went through the whole thing. But somehow, you know what? It's just a cartoon, whatever. They just plow through the whole thing in like four seconds. But so- in when there's only one second left. But somehow that blows it all up before it blows the planet up or something. They unite on the five second mark. So it's like they they they're like it's like she's counting down and they're completely united by at like five by five seconds and it's just like that okay <laughs> yeah I was like is that the in real life timing if you don't slow it down to watch them actually morph up does it actually only take them five seconds to transform whatever the animation budget is <laughs> fair enough but like even then they're like we have a minute and then it's like four minutes later it's like we have thirty seconds. <laughs> Makes sense to me. It's like Dragon Ball Z timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! I just have one question about Grandic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, why they all seem super helpless throughout most of the episode until the very end, where he clearly is very powerful. Where he's well, I guess he's not really holding his own against Orbots, but he's. He started around all these wizard spells and like just doing all <laughs> kinds of crap. Like he couldn't defend. They, I felt like that they, they probably could have defended themselves a little bit better against probes. Hmm. Uh, and it didn't seem like it was that many. Uh, yeah, I think he, they only released one on the planet when Orbots went into space. That's when he was fighting more. But I don't know. He seemed pretty skilled, even if he couldn't like you know defeat them. He couldn't find a way to make him, you know, to escape by like making himself go invisible or something. It just seemed odd to like out of nowhere that here's all this power. <laughs> it was unlocked. 
by being hypnotized mm-hmm. or taking control. He was just like, wow, I didn't know I had this much power. Oh, so oh my God. Like Majin Grandic. Yes. <laughs> but when, oh, I have a note here. When they went to Grandic's lab, his car, his little bean car, there the entire time? Like, like he jumps in his car and they build the robot. But like, I, I, did, I did they have the car there or is it just there because of plot convenience? Oh, I did just remember something too. Isn't it where Rob shows up and rather than take out the villain before they can do that whole two minute fight with the Orbots, instead he's like, ha, we're going to stop you now, giving him enough time to summon his like magical powers of vines and glass vines and stuff. <laughs> Because, you know, the hero's always got to stand there and announce, hey, we're going to stop you yeah. instead of surprise attacking them. Well, maybe he was returning a favor because when they brought them to the cave, they explained how evil they were and what they did to their friends. They took they took their sweet time before they decided to actually hypnotize or attempt to hypnotize Rob and uh, the little robot. Oh, no. So you guys want to head on to the fifth episode? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just had a really bad line of dialogue on here, which didn't make any sense. He's like, they're out of control. And then there's like a very, very long pause before you hear Ono say, I know that, you know that, but they don't know that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is like the worst dialogue the whole episode. Look, Ono tries her best. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, though, is this is the first episode where Dia does absolutely nothing to the plot compared to one- episodes one, two, and three that I noticed. Everything she does in this episode doesn't matter. She has a cool costume. Yeah, she goes into the thing, but Rob's already freeing everybody. And then she goes into the evil doppelganger, but it just goes along for the ride. So she's technically doing nothing. And then she has to be saved. So everything she did in this episode served no purpose. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that, Sean. I think she served a great purpose. That's why... She was one of the uh, witnesses in the court case, and the one line that she had was pretty powerful. She said, something is dreadfully wrong, and <laughs> it, it elicited a response from her father, which was pretty, which showed how powerful her, her, her testimony was. Thank you for your testimony, daughter. And they just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She, it was just like, wait a minute. That's it? Did they cut something out? <laughs> So in this episode, the, the, the Mighty Orbot's on trial because it looks like they attacked all these planets. And I like how in the trial, it's computers judging robots who are also computers. The judges are the computers. They're not human. They can't make a mistake. Super reliable. I was going to say, like, look, D is usually useless, but also the Mighty Orbots themselves continuously get kidnapped. 
Well, no, Dia did, is always doing stuff to help out in the first three episodes. Right. It actually contributes to the plot and stuff, which I thought was interesting. It's like, it was like, it reminded me a little bit of Penny in uh, Inspector Gadget, but that's not a good comparison because they actually, everyone does things in Mighty yeah. Orbots. It's just, it's just funny to me that, that, that the Mighty Orbots just continuously get captured or taken away or something where Rob has to go save them. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess actually she did do something. I think she was kind of useful, unless I'm misremembering this segment of the episode. But when they were sent to the asteroid prison after being framed by was what was it, Torbo? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Orb two, which is totally an anagram of Orbot, right? Yeah, yeah. Tobor, <laughs> Tobor, that was his name. That's what you have to do when you make an evil clone. I so, mean, if we, yeah. if we ahead, got Andy. tours of these, I would have loved to have had that blue version because that was really cool looking. Ah, uh, yeah, I actually did like the look of it better, the color scheme. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I, I it was interesting is the bad guy's plan is actually pretty good in this episode because he sets them up. Somehow they weren't good at covering up because the the good guys discovered that the bad guys did do it. But I'm like, with during the time the Orbots are in prison, they didn't. Why did they use this time to actually? I don't know, paint their robot differently and, and pretend to be a hero or something, or just go and straight out attack Earth right away. Instead, they just wait for no reason to, to do any of their plan. Well, I'm, I mean, the bad robot was taken out really easily, so maybe they just wanted to get the Orbots out of commission. <laughs> the Orbots don't even defeat it. It gets defeated by a jet engine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty Plus- bad doppelganger. Look, they just need to make it look like the Mighty Orbot. It didn't need to actually function. So what was the plan of Earth, whatever the good guy organization is called? They're like, ah, we'll have the Orbots go into prison, even though we know they're innocent, because we know that's where the bad guy is. And then they'll have to send the evil Orbot to attack Earth. And I'll be like, but what What was your plan? Was Earth Earth's forces going to defeat the evil robot? Because you clearly couldn't. If if uh, Rob hadn't gone against orders, like nobody ordered him to go free the Orbots, he went to go free the Orbots, then they came back and defeated it before it could like destroy Earth and stuff. But Earth, it, the Earth, like they had no plan. They had the step one, but no, but no final steps. Wait, no, I thought the the whatever his name is, Dorian, whatever, uh, was like Screw it, um, <laughs> Don Messick. <laughs> um anyways but he was like no we want the orbots to infiltrate the asteroid and then i guess presumably like that's why he sends rob over there to go save them and bring so, like use yeah, them so he went on his to own. bring back well, the robot that actually yeah, so, did do it yeah so sammy's right rondu did send rob i guess i'm not too it wasn't very clear why they decided to go to the asteroid because I there was this the, there was the segment where they said that like all the attacks were around a specific area. So I don't yeah. know if Rondu figured that out or was it? No, no he, he said that he figured it out. Okay, so that so maybe that's why they sent them to the asteroid just to be in the area to be c- uh, close and around just in case Torbo <laughs> Torbo what is his name <laughs> Tor <laughs> You're close. <laughs> Mm. bizarro orbots whenever he <laughs> decided to reveal his face again they would already be in the vicinity 
Yeah, essentially oh. a surprise attack. Okay, so I missed that part where he was making sure Rob did that. I thought Rob just did it because he's like, my gut tells me this is wrong. I'm going. <laughs> nah, I thought yeah. he, nah was, he yeah. was just like, well, I, I mean, he betrayed them. It. Yeah, he. I mean, he said that they were evil after defending them initially. Well, that's because he, they had to go in there under false pretenses and them not know because of the brain scan. Yeah, but then yeah. we, the viewer, know once we see the warden of the prison, right? And that Dante's Inferno quote. And even the narrator's got to be like, hey, what's this guy doing here? Just in case, you know, the viewers <laughs> can't piece it together themselves. So, okay, I have a question. I did not realize there was the superhero identity aspect behind this. Yes. Dia is like, ah, oh, I wonder what the Orbot's commander is like. I was like, wait a minute. Is the commander your father? Or is she, t like, he's, no, he's the commander of their forces. Is she talking about Rob, who she's talking to right now? I'm yeah. like, how do you not know he's the command? I'm so, I was so confused. It wasn't until the next episode that I realized that was actually something. It, it's like, like a Superman Clark Kent thing. It's like, oh, it's Clark Kent. Super, and then he takes off his glasses. Oh, it's Superman, you know. So, so what does she think he does there? He's like the technician or something. Yeah, I think so. There was one episode. It's like you know those robot scientists. Like a really like crappy comment. <laughs> like stupid robot scientists. And he's not defending himself either. He's like, oh, that commander is not, probably not a good person. I'm like, what are you, what? I was like, why are you like? Trashing he, yourself. He wants her to fall in love with the real him. Yeah, and, that, uh, and, and but yeah, episode... I don't get it either because I don't understand. Like, okay, so they have this dynamic where, I guess, I don't know. Nerd Rob is <laughs> different, and he has to hide who he really is, the real Rob. But why? Why? Why is that dynamic there? Other than like, hey, we saw this happen in Superman. If she finds out that he is Orbot Commander, wouldn't that just actually make thing, everything good and perfect? Mm -hmm. Maybe he can date the girl he's been trying to date all this time. That feels like that's like a that feels like a season two that never happened like type thing they wanted to visit. Uh, fine, I'm just gonna jump into the sixth episode. So, like for a second, because they're at the bar and she's talking about the commander of the Orbots and who she doesn't know. And she's standing right there next to her dad. Her dad knows this. And he's just sitting there, like, doesn't tell his daughter that Rob's the commander. Uh, does, just ignores it completely. I'm like, I don't know, maybe he's got something against Rob. I don't know. I mean, I'm, and, but, but yeah. Dia is high up in the organization. What point purpose does it serve to hide who, who he, he really is from is. her? She's high up in the organization. Yeah, it, that was the other part that really got me. I was like, what? Why? Well, what is the point of this ruse when your father knows exactly what's going on? And it's not even like you know with other you know superheroes that like hide their identity to like protect their loved ones. Dia is always in trouble. She is always <laughs> no, only in, in this episode is she in trouble. She usually pulls herself out of it in the first three, or does other things. Oh well, I mean, she kind of needs to be rescued at, in the previous episode where she was escaping with the robot that she she couldn't control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we're still okay. We're going back to episode five now. I wasn't done with that one. Sorry, I just had to. Rob, Rob just continuously has to save everyone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay, so <laughs> Rob's like the super nerdiest guy ever, and it's just like how could like, and it's like how could you not tell he's faking this to be? It's like you look exactly like the. Dude. <laughs> it did it just. Oh, 
Oh yeah, and well, he maybe gets... that maybe that is the exp- explanation. He's super cool and he wants to be the impressive jock, but he's really into books and engineering and building robots, and he's ashamed of that. And Aww. that was kind of a thing. You don't you didn't want to be a nerd in the eighties, so Aww. maybe that's what they were getting at. <laughs> Uh, and the worst the worst is he saves her as the commander in this episode after the robot pulls her out of his chest and is like she's flying through space he goes and saves her she's sitting right next to him she doesn't realize that that's rob i mean because he's like on the side or maybe she's unconscious because she uh she never realizes that the person that saves her in that little like sitting right next Mm -hmm. to him was rob (laughs) this is like a super dumb notice thing i noticed but there's a uh on Rob's watch, it hits this shape like a triangle and an M that looks exactly like the God Mars belt on the, the show that, that this was kind of based on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was like a little nod the animators did or like because it's only the shapes because like the mm-hmm. God Mars has a G and an M, but like his his watch is the same shape, like with like a triangle and an M. So I don't know if that's just co- coincidence or mm-hmm. TMS going like we also did this one. It's probably a nod, like also knowing TMS. I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the memes online about God Mars and whatnot, but like that show no. is notoriously bet has like no animation in it. There's like three frames <laughs> every episode. <laughs> and it's like the same like premise, not premise, but like robots, robots that turn into like one big guy. But it's just like, it's just a, so funny how that had no animation and this has all the animation. <laughs> Dia's wristwatch, I was like, oh yeah, I want a wristwatch that shoots bubbles at people and traps them inside of them. Mm. <laughs> it's very useful. And, and she was the only one that was like, oh, if I run some computer stuff, oh, of course, everything is centered around this devil's island. I was like, nobody's discovered that until she just put it in her computer. 80s cartoon logic. But, okay, so this is hilarious. I, I kind of cringed and laughed at the same time when you're seeing <laughs> all the all the things the robots are doing in prison, right? And <laughs> I see all fuel. I see all this water, and I'm just thinking, like we've already seen the guy robots, and so then we get to the girl one, and she's in a tornado form, and I'm like, wait a minute, are those dishes? And I'm just like, oh my god, her punishment is to clean dishes nonstop for the rest of her life. And then later, it cuts back to her. And she's not doing the dishes. She's just giving up. It's just like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I think most of us would. <laughs> that's just how I feel so... after like, that's how I feel after like one night of doing dishes. She's like so dejected and just like <laughs> over with life. And she's so sad until she gets she, rescued. I'm just like, oh my God. She abandoned all hope. He who entered. <laughs> I'm forgetting um Green Guy's name. Or not Green Guy. The, the, the uh... That the guy? one who's a nuclear engine or an engine energy crunch 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 because yeah. i can't remember that um <laughs> the part where they're showing crunch's torment that was terrifying just saying like really awkward and uncomfortable i never need to see anybody being force-fed <laughs> for 999 years force-fed and basically forced to defecate well, I guess yeah. actually no. At the same time. Back. <laughs> and then of course, we all of course know that the other female robot needed to get attacked by tentacles. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, gardening. So. Gardening. <laughs> Japan, man. You have to have at least oh, one tentacle in your anime. 
Oh, <laughs> I have a note here that after Boo gets like you know captured and they go to the next scene, she goes like I don't know if it's my DVD or she goes let me go you big and then it just cuts. And it's yes. just like, was she going to swear? Or was she going to say something that they deemed, no, nah, this is not okay for 80s children? Because it's a weird cut. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I'm just like, that's, um, it's like, uh, we're hiding something here, aren't we? It just, it's just odd because like, let me go, you big. And then it does the, the, the circle, like, uh, not circle, the, the colored, like, uh, you know, transition. Maybe it's on the bootleg Blu-ray if I go and buy that. It'll, <laughs> all, it'll be on there uncut. It's on the Spanish version. A picture you posted of Rob. It's like staring at me. Yeah, I'm just like, give me more <laughs> pictures. It. That was like such a weird scene at the end because it just felt out really out of place. What was that? The, yeah, the I didn't know how to bring that up <laughs> and yeah. describe it because like it's such a visual thing and I don't, the sequence was, it was just weird. It was just like, here is an explosion and Rob just... I don't know, having Without an a... orgasm at the reaction as a reaction to it. I don't know. But like three layers of shading, like I they put a lot of money in the shot. Yeah, in that particular episode, one of my notes was just how much facial animation that they were putting in. It's just like these guys are overreacting to everything. So I forgot to ask for a fact between episodes. Andy, what is your fact today? My fact today is Satoshi Dezaki did storyboards, but he's also the brother of the director, Osamu Dezaki. So it's a talented family. And what are Very some talented. movies that he's done? The main guy, the the brother, the older brother? or Going not using Wikipedia, he, uh, <laughs> let's see, he uh, worked on Mad Bull 34. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He worked on what else is Wikipedia? Telling? I've never watched it, but I know of it. Oh, it's it's weird. It, I mean, it's really like super adult, but it's like, but if you like that type of anime, it's, yeah, you'll enjoy it. He worked on uh, Tetsujin Twenty Eight, which is like a new Gigantor, Sword for Truth. He worked on a lot of like really, you know, adult anime, apparently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's cool that his his brother was like, he was like, hey, yo, Satoshi, would you mind doing storyboards? <laughs> I had one final note for this episode. So I like how the bad guy says, you're trapped, and in less than a second is immediately pounced upon by the Orbots and defeated. Uh, <laughs> it's just... I mean, they still got the giant robot to take care of, but it was just hilarious. He's like, like typical bad guy speak. You can't give it, and it just is immediately defeated. I enjoy that they said lost in space as like one of the many sci-fi references that uh, the American writers put in there. It's like, she'll be lost in space. Wink. (laughs) So one thing I didn't realize until I started watching episode four, when Ono starts talking, I was like, wait a minute, this sounds like a gummy bear. And uh, I had to like look online just now and I just found out, oh yeah, she's the the pink uh, kid gummy on gummy bears. And I was just like, I didn't pick that up the first three episodes. I haven't seen this show in like 15 years, so I don't know why I remember that voice. Do you uh, want an extra extra bit of trivia? Katsuya Kondo, actually, I think it works in Ghibli now. He, they uh, actually worked on Rainbow Bright and the Gummy Bears <laughs> as well. Everybody oh. just works with each other. It's yeah. I saw like, hey, uh, Thomas, 
she even voices like two of the main characters in Jim. Really? Does yeah. she? Well, I was gonna say, d- does she actually sing some of the songs? Well, they probably got different singers to do the music. The actual. She's music uh, singers. she's whoever video is, and Vivian Montgomery and Christine. Um, I don't rec- recall them as like main one of the main characters. So they might just be side characters. Yeah. I haven't it, watched all of them, actually. And what's funny is I saw she's actually Elaine and Aviana in Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin, which is this Star Wars knockoff cartoon movie that was in theaters. It was the first animated 3D movie back in 1985. Oh, wow. And like nobody knows about it or remembers it. And I only know about it because I found it in a bargain bin DVD pile like five years ago. And I was like, this is hilarious it was actually pretty fun to watch but it's so stealing so much stuff from star wars it's called star chasers it's called star chaser the legend of orin watch i'll become its biggest fan now she also did the voice of buddy i don't even know who that is and we're gonna talk about that so on to the next uh next Um, thing (laughs) you're not i'm not gonna talk about robots I'm not no. gonna let you railroad. <laughs> Challenge of the GoBots. <laughs> so, um, between episodes, I got something for you. I'm just gonna start reading and stop me when you've had enough. <clears throat> it has been 12 years since Anja Woman and Myotis Mon's battle against Galvatron. Buzz Lightyear and Anja Woman are the parents of two beautiful daughters, Red Flame and Majin Girl. Are you just on fanfiction.net? <laughs> or is it Why? Wattpad? Or uh, the Orbots come in. Around? The Orbots come in here too, and then Optimus Prime is like their adopted father or something. I don't know. I thought oh. I was looking at something real. Like, well, thanks I, I for inviting me, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I thought I was looking up a. I quit a, a too. Web... <laughs> I thought I was looking up a uh, an actual wiki site that had. I was like, oh, the Mighty Orbots are in something else. Like, is this like a comic book that was made that I never realized? And then it goes to like something that's not real. And and I'm like, oh, this can't be real. And I was like, oh, yeah, after the first sentence, I'm like, it's definitely not. But I was a popular DeviantArt artist. I don't remember their name, but they put like all the Cartoon Network characters in like one cohesive story. And I was Googling Orbots one day. Apparently, this artist put Orbots in one episode, like one like page or two so i guess this person was like trying to get all the 80s cartoons in this weird universe they were creating i think i saw that there was possibly a reboot because it looked like but i don't know if that's real or not it looked like a transformers animated kind of style but with the mighty orbots maybe i should click on that and but it might be just another fan thing so yes. i just stopped looking the, through the internet after reading that i mean the that would be really yeah, that would be really hard to imagine. I mean, the show only got what thirteen episodes. Yeah, to bring it back and redo it, like to, I don't know that there's that much there the mind to like reproduce. I mean, it took it took thirty years for it to actually come out on a DVD. So, mm-hmm. well, in TFA Transformers Anime was really. In- I mean, you guys know this. Or it was really inspired by Orbots. So, oh yeah, did we not talk about this last episode? Because now I don't remember. The uh, what like, way do you mean like, that it's inspired? <laughs> <laughs> Let me list the ways. Yeah, really. There's a lot. So, uh, totally not crunch. No, but like, uh, what's it called? They said like uh, the uh, Cartoon Network executive Sam Register was a big fan of Warbots. 
so is Derek Wyatt, who is the character designer, and like Crunch is directly a reference. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, what's his name? Bulkhead uh, is still directly a reference of Crunch. So you have another fun fact for us before we begin episode six? Uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. My, my only fact is saying that GoBots are better than Transformers. <gasps> I'm gone. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> We're all leaving. It's just the Andy show now. Just crickets. <laughs> I mean, maybe I can get behind that if, and I think it's possible, they introduce Starscream into, uh, into the series. Have, have you read the new GoBots comic? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, terrible? Say terrible. I'm just Silent say, Sammy, let I'm the just, man speak. I'm <laughs> just gonna say, based on what you said, read that comic. It's <laughs> so. It also depends on a story. Ooh. Like it depends on who can write something too. Like I saw something that I hated. They can't write. I was gonna say, like I finally saw this third iteration of this character with a different writer involved, and I was like, oh, this character I always thought was stupid and hated. In this alternate universe, now someone wrote him good and like well, well, and had an actual decent origin story for them that wasn't stupid. So, you know, are you talking about Ultra Magnus? Is that the character? No, I'm actually talking about Speedball on Spider Man. I hate that character, like in the comics and in the video game. But then when I saw Speedball on the new Spider Man cartoon that's out, I was like, oh, this actually made sense. For the character she is and her backstory and what's happening in the episode she's in. You actually, you know, cared about her instead of wanting to just stab her every time she's on screen or <laughs> on the panel. The writer actually took a, a concept that I thought was awful and actually did something good with it. Yeah, the, the new GoBots comic doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, like, it's like if you were a fan of Twin Peaks and then go see Fire Walk With Me if, if, and just being not expecting David Lynch being David Lynch. There is a part in the comic where Psykill forces Scooter to transform. Yeah. Like, it's really creepy. <laughs> I, that sounds... Uh, my interests are peaked. <laughs> Let your morbid curiosity guide you. It's only four issues, so it's really short. <laughs> they're, they're not doing any more. I noticed, like, the guy who uh, helped, who created this show, also created... Galaxy High, which I don't know anything about, and helped with the Little Nemo movie. Mm. But are we talking about the Dazaki or? I know uh, it says Barry Gordon. Barry Gordon. Okay, oh no, yeah. Barry Glasser was the creator. It says it credits him as the creator of the series. Yeah, I noticed in the credits, and I think it was like kind of like, oh, there was a Mark Zickery, I think his name is interview, and they were just talking about. They were just sending stuff back and forth to Japan. And so I think it was like an American idea first. And then they were like, we have this thing called God Bars. We can kind of work on that and make it look like that. <laughs> Is there actually DVD special features on, on the Mighty Orbots DVD you have? Unfortunately not. These were ripped off of VHS tapes because nobody had, like, has the original transfers. But it mm. looks good. But if you Google, I, I don't know if we talked about this the last episode, but it's called Brutes. I think we might have. <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't know. I, and I'm going to get the story wrong, but I'm going to try my best. Apparently, it was like a tape that was sent out to like an Argentinian station or something like that. 
and it had the pilot, the very the first the pilot of Mighty Robots, but it was called Brutes. So robots spelled incorrectly again. But like <laughs> it was much different. Like they all had like they all look weird. They all look very it's like, well, well, these guys kind of look cute and you know adorable. They they all look emaciated in this like pilot and they're all like weird colors. Oh yeah, and like they they're also a rock band and it's like it's it's really strange and it's only like this really crappy uh vhs rip but like that's i guess that's what they sent out initially and then fred silverman was like we'll make a show out of this <laughs> but yeah it's, it's on youtube it's called brutes and it still has gary owens like doing voiceover but uh it, it's they look strange in it i just realized i've seen two of the things that the director that you mentioned who did the all the episodes for this Mm. He did. He did like most of the episodes of Rose of Versailles, yep. and and he did all the episodes and the movie for Space Adventure Cobra, which I just watched last year. Suddenly, this all makes a lot of sense. He's freaking amazing. He did like a Shita no Joe. He did Galgo Thirteen. He did Blackjack. He did all these wonderful, wonderful animes, and he has such like distinct style. And in the next episode, like bad guy is very much a Dazaki villain, and that's what's him so cool. So what's his name? Shrike. And then now we're segueing into that episode, that space pirate. Yeah. Space pirate. What everybody, what everybody think of this episode with uh, Wait, space also, pirate? Fun fact, uh, Andy also adores uh, Space Adventure Cobra a lot. It's yeah. it's my one favorite. <laughs> I watched. Yeah. I watched it all last year. The the movie, the TV series, the American pilot, which didn't get picked up, which was actually all new animation, and even uh. Two OVAs, which also... So you got to see the same story like three different times, basically. Yeah. What was cool about the American Pilot, um, Michael Bell did the voice of Cobra, and it's not really listed anywhere. But at, at TFCon, he was there, and I asked him, I was like, yo, were you Cobra in that 80s show? He goes, yeah, I was. I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. So back to this episode. First, I'm like, oh, look, it's generic face pirate. But no, he's actually pretty cool. Like, you see him with this, little, this eye patch, which is like guns or something. And, uh, and he's going, well, he's got the star. when you saw him was generic space pirate? Oh, his face was invisible yet, and he was talking like a pirate. Well, exactly. His face was invisible. It was enclosed in the dome, which made him and his goons look like Black Manta. That was my <laughs> immediate reaction. <laughs> True facts. So, so, what did you guys think of him as a villain for this episode? I, I loved him. I thought he was. I thought he was really cool. I like the fact that he wasn't with Umbra. Yeah, it's great that we actually had like a standalone villain. But also, I was like on board until he was like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna activate this antimatter thing." Like, who cares? <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, this is where the villain falls. I also saw in this episode, Dia actually did something this episode, but only in the beginning. 
She uh, warned the Orbots so they could come and save everybody, but then she's just kind of there the whole time. <laughs> she like she gets picked up, but doesn't give them any new information. And then when she goes back to the place, she fails at what she tries to do. So she, but at least she served one purpose, at least this episode. But it's like she's been written down now since the series is going on, so they can have the Orbots do things more. And I, I definitely appreciate that he wasn't working with uh, with Umbra. Shrike wasn't. But I still thought it was pretty funny that he's using basically an upgraded version of one of the the, the tentacle robots from the previous episode. Uh, <laughs> it, that tentacle like saucer enemy thing that ended up tying up uh, Orbots at the end. Of, well, not mm. at the end, during the episode. So I, yeah, that that just seemed odd. It was like I I went from the thought of thinking like everything's always unique and there's so much variety, but then they the very next episode they rehash an enemy. Well, maybe uh, Shadow is so big because they sell all their tech at a discount to other villains. You know? <laughs> Shadow tech. Uh, I, I, this was a note I had for like. Um... For I don't know if it was for the last episode, but there's a scene where the Mighty Orbots they take an asteroid or like it's like a, a piece of like a, a ship and use it as a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And like I forgot it was the last episode or the one before, but it's just like it's like I really like how this robot or this 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 cartoon is very inventive with all its stuff. It's not like the Megazord where he just you see him lift up the sword and like do the finishing blow, you know, the same thing over and over again. I just yeah, I think it was this episode. That's why I was like, man, this show, they really go for it. And just just the variety that they 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 exhibit in the, in the yeah. series. You even use like the rockets that propel him as like attacks. Like there's like he has like elbow rockets sometimes and use that against the bad guy. Or he used the back rockets to get rid of some of those like space tentacle things. Where it's like comparing it to God Mars, he has like three moves he does. The same animation. And it's just like... <laughs> uh. This one, he's just like, do something different, and he'll like, will do that, and it's just really nice to see that they're really trying to be inventive, instead of like, use photon ray. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like when that sword comes out in Voltron, you know the enemy's dead already. Exactly. Yeah. No, they really acclimate to their environment, which is really neat. I liked how when they're trapped in the sun, is that, oh, yeah. is that this episode? And he's got to bite, he's got to eat the debris to get more power, and. Obviously, like, there's some, you know, physics stuff where if he separates, he should be pulled into the sun faster because he's so much smaller. But, you know, it's a cartoon, so don't worry about that. Worry about the good idea of him eating stuff to power them up and get them out of there. But don't they also, like, skim the surface of the sun? Like, like, like the ocean of fire, I guess it is? Like, they, do, don't they do that, or did I just make that up? No, I don't remember that. I just remember they freeze themselves to not touch the sun or yeah. not burn up yeah. i mean i don't know how hot our sun is but like if you like i can imagine if you get like a planet's length close to it you'll probably melt so <laughs> these these orbots are very fire resistant yeah what did you all think of uh so i know ono got a, a specific episode so mm-hmm. this is the now bort has a specific episode where he's like at first i'm like uh it's the typical comedy scene where oh look we almost killed everybody but instead board's like oh no it's like i'm a failure and then later he's like i'm a failure going without me i'm like oh god <laughs> but it's like there's a 
there's a point where I, I believe it's Tor who's just like, uh, there's no time to have a crisis. We have a job to do. And I'm like, wow, I feel that. That's such a good line. Oh. We've got a job to do. <laughs> I'm just like, geez, don't even care about your poor friend's mental state, you know. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate no. low self-esteem, boy. I appreciate. He he tries his best. The worst though is at the end. So he saves the day, obviously, and then at the end they laugh at him because he then can't make up his mind about what fun thing to do. And they're like, "That's our fort," <laughs> and then it shows him laughing along, and he's like. <laughs> And I'm like, oh god! <laughs> that was the saddest laugh. <laughs> it's like he's just laughing with them because they're laughing at him already. I'm like, oh god, so sad. <laughs> Poor baby boy. Oh, he just just trying his best. So that is that it so far. Just him and Ono are the only two that have had kind of episodes where they've done like sort of character development stuff with them, or they've been the focus. Oh, um, there was an episode with. Well, I don't know if it focuses focused on um just one of the two but there was definitely the concert episode was about boo and Bo. oh okay i thought there was a crunch episode too there's a crunch episode later in the series um okay it's uh that's called a tale of two thieves but it's a really really good episode unless you count the two girls uh fighting uh last episode and then reconciling Mm. at the end Uh, but one thing i did like about this episode is not only they are in danger and stuff, but they actually get together as the mighty Orbot and fight the giant monster. And then since it splits into five pieces, all five of them have to split off and go have their own individual fight where they actually beat him in one shot, but it's still, they all get to do their own fight. And then it's like, ah, now my final form. And it's just this mega size. But then that serves the purpose of Bort coming through and figuring out how to save the day against it. So I thought that was nice. Like I kind of I liked this episode with everything that was going on in it. I also like they're fighting like uh, Rondu's mind. Like, <laughs> but it's like it's Rondu's mind, but evil. <laughs> so I have a question for you. You realize that when the uh, is it Ron, uh, John Du Rondu, whatever his name is, what what is his title anyway? Like High Commander of Earth Defense Force or something? I don't know. But when he's getting turned into the evil things, they're like, oh no, it's the Thadans. And I'm like. You mean the things that are attached to us according to Scientology? Wait, is that it? Yeah, like, uh, I think, is it Thetans? Like, if you believe in Scientology that are attached to you and are responsible for all your negative emotions? Oh, I didn't know I don't that. remember. That was, the, they said that actual word during Yeah, the they called it yeah, a Thetan. They used yeah. it twice, which is why I was remembering it and able to write it down. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad well, you I mean, yeah, that's that definitely the Scientology thing. thing. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> We're just blown away by that reference now. I was. Well, I guess they are negative, though. They're negative energy. And mm-hmm. Megathaden is like the negative, negative. Like, or well, I guess that make it positive. Just a super negative. Oh, and then, like, what is it? He captures them. He uses his computer's energy. And then he's like, ah, oh, now I'll transfer the unstable, like, engine to this cruise ship onto him to make the mega creature. And I'm like, oh, okay. At, at first, I thought they were actually attacking Rondu or whatever, and then I realized, no, it's just stuff from his mind, because I guess <laughs> that's the type of alien he is, uh, I guess. Or maybe that just happens to everyone hooked up to that machine. So what do you guys have any more thoughts on this episode? I don't. It was pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah. I mean, the animation is, again, really just stood out in this particular episode. Take a shot every time we say the animation is good. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, does anybody have a favorite character at this point in the show? We've seen about almost half the series. Rob's kind of growing on me. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, regardless that his voice actor voice is Donatello, but just he's 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 just this little nerdy nerdy jock thing. I don't know. I can't explain it. But I wasn't expecting <laughs> to like him as much as I do right now. Also, I love Ono. Oh yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> I like her little helmet with like the little music notes on the side. I think that's super adorable. Mm, I don't know. Of the main cast, probably nobody. I guess at this point, my favorite character is Grand Dick. <laughs> you like all the one-shot characters that show up? That's yeah, fair. Grand You're Dick and to. Black Manta. Those are my favorite characters. Okay. No, Shrike is cool. I, I... I appreciate that he looks like a Viken from Cobra. He's like the first bad guy in the uh, the anime. I just I never I don't I can never get into uh you said Crunch is his name the way he's mm-hmm. always eating. I guess it's supposed to be like funny, but I'm just like eh. <laughs> yeah, Crunch is definitely my least favorite, which hilariously enough Bulkhead is too in Transformers animated. <laughs> oh, Crunch is there. He's he's there. He exists. Mm-hmm. And then was it board is always there to bring everybody down and be scared, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but he tries, so. He's he's like Eeyore. I do like watching uh, Dia just to see what they try to do with her in each episode to see if she contributes in some way, because she was just so overpowered the first three episodes. But I do like the uh, the muscle guy and the and Bo and Boo. Yeah, t- no, Tor is really great. Tor, yeah, okay, that's his name. Any last thoughts? Any last random facts you want to share with us? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have like a whole book? <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I did a Google search of the, uh, the people who worked on the show. <laughs> One of the key animators, Akio Sugino, worked with Te- uh, Tezuka. Uh, uh-huh. Astro Boy, I think I might have mentioned this already. If I did, I apologize. But Astro Boy, Blackjack, like he also worked on like Galgo 13. Like, he was like, he was like one of Dezaki's like buddies. But uh, yeah, he's been in doing like these types of animations for a long time. Have any of you, uh, Sammy Thomas, have either of you seen ever God, whatever he just mentioned? Oh my God, uh, Gogo Thirteen or Space Adventure Cobra or either of those two? Surprisingly, shows before? surprisingly, I haven't watched Cobra yet. Yeah. I want to. Um, my roommate's got it on 4K HD <laughs> thing, so. Uh, you have no that. excuse now. I know. It, yeah, I'd say add it to your list, but it's probably like number like eighty-seven, and so my list like... is infinite. <laughs> there are no numbers; they're just like scattered yeah, among the stars. What's up, Thomas? I said I haven't seen Cobra either, but uh, Gogol Thirteen has been on my list forever. I mean, that sh- that show just seems so much up my alley, and I I just haven't. Well, movies. Uh, yeah. Well, I have the old 80s movie on uh, DVD, and I want to get it on Blu-ray. Isn't there, like, a live-action version? I think I've watched, like, 10 minutes yeah. of that. Yeah, Sonny yeah, Chiba's in that one. And there's also a newer uh, anime series in the mid-2000s that came out, too, as well as a late 90s OVA that was just kind of... It was interesting. It, I, it was that Queen Bee? Yeah, Queen Bee. I, I, I didn't really like that one that much. It was, it was okay. Yup. But, oh yeah, Space Adventure Cobra is actually on Crunchyroll. If you have that, Thomas, I I don't know. Everybody does, right? I, 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 oh, the original uh, Blackjack is on there too. 
the the yes. one that's told in the more comedic style rather than the super serious style of the 90s a ones. comedic blackjack there's well, also the young original... blackjack that's out right now oh wait yeah i actually saw that one hmm. I, wonder uh, what I was watching it didn't last too long though it only had one season the uh so it was done by tezuka so if you see the art style that looks like very 1940s then that's the more like comedic one but then it like there's a lot of ovas and movies from the 90s as well that are more like super serious and like tons of violence and that kind of thing mm. and like i've only seen the like the 90s ovas but i've read the original manga of blackjack from whenever it was made like the 40s or 50s or but that one was interesting it's so different from the anime mm. i watched I, I enjoyed the movie from what was it from 1995 or some I don't remember when, but it was I enjoyed that movie. Uh, I can't start a new series because then I usually like to watch all of its incarnations, <laughs> like I did with Cobra, where I watched everything that came out. So, so I have to be picky sometimes because I'm like, oh god, this has like three different series over four decades. I better not like you know start watching this just yet. <laughs> so I think that's a wrap, right, guys? Yeah, indeed. Thanks for watching. Uh oh, not watching, listening to us talk about episodes four, five, and six of Mighty Orbots, and come back next time for another new and unexpected episode of The Transformers. Signing off here, I'm Sean. Sammy Tor. Thomas Rot. <laughs> I'm trying to do the evil Sammy Tor thing. <laughs> it was funny. You guys can laugh. You don't want to be Thomas. Uh, Thomas. You don't want to be Thomas Do. You know. Thomas Do. <laughs> I'll be Thomas Dorian. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, we definitely appreciate you coming back on again, Andy. No problem. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I had a lot. Nope, oh, you got cut off right there at the end of your sentence. <laughs> I had a terrible time. No, I had, a, I had a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed. On uh, wow, I think I am done. So someone take over for me. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>